Hi, my name is Elvin. I'm a Mandarin Service and Connect Groups Pastor here at HTVV. And it's my privilege to share with you from God's Word today. Now, those of you who know me know that I'm a huge Batman fan. And one of my favorite Batman movies is Batman Begins. Available now on Netflix, I think. Well, anyway, one of the key plot points, spoiler alert, is when the bad guy creates a fear toxin which causes people to hallucinate about things that they fear, causing them to panic, lose their ability to make good decisions, react defensively, attack anyone they meet, even the people who care about them, until they eventually lose their minds. But after a while, as I thought bad, I realized, you know, this is me. Uh, I remember when I was a small child, probably about five, my parents brought me to a theme park. And one of the rides that caught my eye was the Viking ship. Now, those of you who don't know this, right, it's, it's this ship that swings back and forth until you're almost upside down before finally coming down to a stop. So I got on this ride with my parents. So at first, it's rather thrilling. And then it got terrifying. And I was so scared, I, I stood up and said, I don't want to ready, I want to go down. And then I stood up, you know, I, I was still quite small, so I could stand up even though there was this, this barrier over my thighs. I stood up, I wanted to get off the ride, even when the ship was still moving. Not my most brilliant moment. Well, of course, my parents pushed me back down into the seat until the ride was over, and I never stepped into a Viking ship ride ever again. But, of course, I grew older. And uh, as I grew older, I managed to get over all my fears, right? Well, of course not. It's just that now that I'm older, I have more grown-up fears and anxieties. Fear of not having enough money, fear of falling sick, fear of annoying my wife, fear of not performing at my job, fear of disappointing people. Now, I wonder what fears or anxieties you may be struggling with today. Some of you may be afraid of losing your job, some of you may have already lost your job and you're anxious about your future. Some of you may be afraid of losing your health or, or losing a loved one. Some of you may be afraid of making wrong decisions, afraid of consequences, afraid of how people will perceive you or judge you. Well, in today's passage, we see the disciples struggling with fear and anxiety as well. We just ended Holy Week last week. We traveled through Jesus' journey to the cross, being rejected by the Jewish leaders, insulted by the crowds, arrested, and then ultimately being sentenced to a gruesome death on a cross on Good Friday. And then last Sunday, we celebrated Easter Sunday. Jesus rose from death. He's alive. The tomb is empty. And we heard from Miles last week how Jesus spoke joy to the women who went to visit the tomb. And at the end, he asked them to go tell the disciples that he is alive. And our story picks up from that very evening. Our passage today is from John chapter 20, verses 19 to 31. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear 
of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Now, Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now, eight days later, his disciples were inside again and Thomas was with them. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you've seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, today I want to share with you three key words that are found in this passage and how those words can speak to our lives right now. The first word is fear. Here in verse 19, it says that the disciples locked themselves in for fear of the Jews. Now, isn't that interesting? Now, by this time, the women had already told the disciples that Jesus is alive. He had already resurrected but the disciples were still living in fear. And I totally understand that. I mean, there was still so much to fear, right? The Romans were still against them. The Jewish leaders were still against them. The general public was still against them. Yes, Jesus may have resurrected, but the threats are still real. And perhaps the, true, the same is true for us as well. Here we are living in a post-resurrection world, right? We know the resurrection has already happened. We've seen his power in our world today. We've experienced his presence in our lives. And yet the impact on our daily lives and daily actions seem to be quite limited. I mean, we, we all still seem to be living on, on the back foot. We panic, we withdraw, we react defensively. We continue to live in fear from the threats around us. But that's not the way that, that God wants us to live, right? In 1 John 4, 18, it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love 
casts out fear. But how do we live like this, right? It's not like we can just tell ourselves not to fear, right? It's an emotion, not like something we can control. And this brings us to our second word, peace. In the midst of the locked doors, Jesus came, stood among them, and said to them, Peace be with you. And in case the disciples thought Jesus was just greeting them, right? He says to them again, Peace be with you. Jesus responds to our fear with his peace. Now, isn't it interesting? Now, Jesus didn't respond to our fear with, I give you boldness, which he does. I mean, but, but undergirding that boldness, the foundation on which that boldness rests is peace. He understands that what we need most when we have fear is peace. And this is what he already promised us, right? In John 14, 27, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And in John 16, 33, Jesus said, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. But what exactly is this peace? When we, we think of peace, we usually think of like a state of calmness, a restfulness, a tranquil and quiet state of heart, which is absolutely right. right? But it's so much more than that. In Hebrew, the word for peace is shalom. And this word shalom, it, it does mean quietness and tranquility, but it also means welfare health, prosperity, a, a complete and holistic well-being and happiness and restedness. It's, it's a, in a sense, it's the state of being that we enjoy in heaven. It's the sense of being we enjoy in the presence of God. When we have shalom peace, we no longer need to panic. When we have shalom peace, we no longer need to be defensive. Right? When a position of security. In fact, we're in a position to give because we are assured of our future in the presence and the power of God. Now, this doesn't mean that nothing will go wrong. It doesn't mean that we'll never make mistakes or we'll never fall ill or bad things will never happen to us. In this world, we will have tribulation. But whatever it is that we may face, whatever fearful possibilities lie ahead of us, we have a God whom we can trust in. A God who is enough for us. A God who will overcome and prevail. A God who we can rest in. And so, we no longer fear. We can face the world and the challenges that lie ahead of us with the shalom peace that we have in the presence of God. So how can we receive this peace? Now Jesus says in verse 22, receive the Holy 
Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. When we receive the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit gives us the power and the peace to face the fears we have. And we see the effect of receiving the Holy Spirit in the event of Pentecost, which we'll look about in about a month's time. A rushing wind came, the disciples were filled with power and boldness, speaking in tongues, prophesying, preaching truth, sharing Jesus. But we don't see that here. In fact, in verse 26, we see the disciples locking themselves up again. Why? And this brings us to our third word, faith. Now, I believe that faith is the key to receiving the Holy Spirit and receiving God's shalom peace. Galatians 3, 13 to 14 says that Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. And so when Jesus says to Thomas, do not disbelieve, but believe, I suspect in some sense, he's saying it to the rest of the disciples too. I've already told you to receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the promised spirit through faith. But what is faith? Well, in its most basic form, faith is the assurance that something is true. For example, I have faith that, that this floor that I'm standing on will support my weight. Right now, I haven't looked at the blueprints or talked to the contractor or done the calculations, but I have the assurance and the faith in whoever allowed this building to open that I take their word for it that I'm not going to fall through the floor and end up in Don Don Donkey. You know? and, and, and that faith gives me power to act. It makes me able to, to walk here and stand here with complete peace and, and without worry. And the same is true with faith in God. In the same way, I have an assurance that God is true. I take His word for it that He says He is who He says He is, that He did what He had said He had done in the past, and that He'll do what He said He will do in the future. In other words, I have faith in God's reality, His character, His word, and His promises. And when I have that faith, it gives me the power to live in complete peace and without worry. But what if I don't have that faith? How do I arrive at that place of faith? Now, here are some ways that hopefully will help you. Number one, ask those who've tried it out. I mean, this is usually how it starts, right? For example, you hear from someone that, or say, oh, the COVID vaccine came out already, uh, but you're not sure, uh, but you heard your friend already got it, right? So you went to, so you go and ask him, hey, I heard the vaccine come out already, true or not? And then your friend says, oh yeah, I got it already. And then you're like, hmm, okay, I guess, it's, I guess it's true. And that's how faith in God works as well, right? You may have some doubts, but then you ask your friend and your friend is like, oh yeah, God is real. And this is how I experienced him. And then you may be like, hmm, okay, I guess I have a little bit more faith now. So, so that's one way. But maybe you'll be like Thomas and then you'll say, mm, actually, I'm not sure if I believe you. Then you can try number two, get your facts. That's how Jesus convinced Thomas, right? He showed them his hands and his side. And that convinced Thomas that Jesus had resurrected and that Jesus was God. 
Contrary to popular belief, facts are not the enemy of faith. So go ahead, ask your questions, do your research. And, and you can do this through joining an alpha, joining a connect group. Eventually, you form a base of knowledge that you can trust. But no, let's be real. As anyone who's done any research can tell you, digging for information can only get you so far before you yourself get lost in the hole. So eventually, you need to move on to number three. Just try it. You know, sometimes the only way to know is to experience it yourself. And the more that you experience God, the more you experience His faithfulness, the more faith you have that He will continue to do what He says, even when we can't see how right now. Especially when we can't see how right now. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Faith is the assurance of things hoped for the conviction of things not seen. And, and that's what Jesus is challenging us to have. That faith in, in who He is, that He'll do what He promised, even though we can't see how right now. So I wonder what, what fears or anxieties you may be struggling with today. God wants to give you peace. So I challenge you today to take a small step of faith to allow Jesus into the fears and anxieties of your life today and allow His Spirit to fill that area of your life with His presence, His power, and His peace. Let us pray. You can close your eyes and, and stretch out your hands to show that we welcome the Holy Spirit to come and speak to us. Come, Holy Spirit. 